action. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Average Critics, joined as usual by Chris and Obi. How are you both? I'm sweet, mate. How are you? Good, thanks. I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Uh, this week we are discussing um, five films that Chris uh, recommended for us to watch. Four, to be fair. One of them was four. Us. Four. Yeah. four. But, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I just, well, I haven't watched them yet, so... They were they were stabbing the darks, all of them. <laughs> it's Can I just fine, say I think, quick, uh, sorry, quickly to interrupt you again. Sorry, before we um you know get into the podcasting proper, um we have kind of had like a uh, a thing where we keep track of like stinkers and stuff like that of when we recommend stuff each week. So Glenn's had I think Glenn's had one. Right. I think. Uh, um, I think. <laughs> only one. I, mean, I, I think Glenn's officially only had one one stinker. I think oh. I've had I've had that was one. Rebecca. Rebecca, yeah. I've no. had one. Oh, and no. Hubie Halloween. Hubie Halloween. Yeah, Who fucking okay. recommended Hubie Halloween? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, two. So Glenn's had two stinkers. No, Netflix. Netflix recommended Hubie Halloween. <laughs> no, you not told me. Us to watch, you, you told us to watch it. Now. No way. <laughs> I said I said it would be a good thing to watch because it was trending at the time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually watch that's the film. Still your, that's still your recommendation. Guys. I was going to say because right. kind of, that voids every single one I've just offered up today because. <laughs> So my point was, I mean, I, I've got one to my name, according to Glenn. I liked it, but Glenn didn't like Jingle Jangle, so that's one to my name. Yeah? Oh, and to then, be fair, I wouldn't say that was a stinker. Okay. Oh, I so just, that, sort, that sort of film isn't for me. Like, okay. it has its merits. Like, for a children's film or, you know, uh, adults with arrested development like yourself, you know, it's entertaining. But, um, <laughs> you know, for, for mature, upstanding citizens oh, like yeah. myself. No, just I'll, I'll, uh, I'll come back to that that mature that mature <laughs> comment. But I was gonna say, um, so okay, so I've got zero officially to my name. I would just like to say after Chris's four picks of films, I would like to say that Chris has zero stinkers to his name. I'm just putting that out there. Continue. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, to be fair, um, yeah, I, I don't think any of them were awful. Some of them better than others, but um, hey, yeah. so you have you got some like Excel spreadsheet tracker or? Thinkers. No, this is like an, all oh, in the okay. noggin. Mind, mate, his mind. With a noggin. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I guess some film developments. Um, Morbius been pushed back. Um, the second you tweeted saying that you're looking forward to it, Obi. So uh, yeah, <laughs> clearly they were like, "Oh fuck this." <laughs> we don't Do you know what is yet? Have you not seen the trailer for it? Uh, I, I saw it when it came out like last year. Okay, Chris, you seen it? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, when loads of bats around him and shit. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it looks interesting. Like I know we like obviously Venom was pretty terrible, but I do appreciate when they try and give like these superhero supernatural um, films like a different tone. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it in that in that aspect. It's not like your typical. Marvel film that we would, I'm assuming anyway, that we were gonna, that we're gonna see. Um, I think it's probably gonna be bad, <laughs> but it might be a sort of bad where, um, you kind of like appreciate them trying to go for, go for it in a certain way. But obviously, might, they probably won't be able to pull it off because, you know, Sony don't have the best track record with, um, with these films. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was looking forward to it and I'm a bit annoyed that it's been pushed back so far. But, you know, it's I think it's quite in October. Makes more sense than March anyway. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, the fact that some of these studios are still pers- attempting to persist with releasing things in cinemas, at least in the UK. I don't know what it's like in other countries, but, you know, there was that thing, was it um, Godzilla vs. Kong has been moved forward um, yeah. in cinemas it's been and, moved and is also going to be on HBO Max, but obviously we don't get the HBO Max in the UK. Yeah. I know you say oh, they've got a, a deal with Sky Atlantic, but yeah. that surely is is not going to be for films like that so yeah i think i was going to say too quickly to interrupt you um it's been i wonder why do you think what why do you think it's been moved forward because it's it's coming out in march now and i think i think zach snyder's justice supposed to come out in march as well so do you think maybe they're maybe swapping places kind of thing or i don't know because you wouldn't really want them to clash in general thing would you is asian cinema open right now is what cinema? Oh, Asian. I don't know, actually. It's a good question. That's a good point. I think they're coping better with the pandemic generally. Um, I, I, I've saw some uh, things on social media from people in New Zealand and Australia, and it just seems like normal. I was like, what? <laughs> so I think, yeah, maybe there's a point there, Chris. So, like, obviously, Godzilla's, you know, had its origins in the Japanese cinema. So yeah, they, they so could my... be trying to maximise that. Yeah, yeah, it might be well received over there. Same Justice League. Uh, or what, what was the film you said that just actually just trying to bring out? Yeah, just just to see, just to see. Yeah, so it might be better received over there because the Aquaman, because they really loved Aquaman and stuff, didn't they? So yeah, true. I'm just think I'm just curious because normally you don't have two big blockbusterish films um, out at the same time, so it, they're bringing it forward to March, which I think is when Justice League's supposed to come out as well. So I'm just curious to what the what the thinking is there. Maybe they're going to push Justice mm-hmm. League back now, or they could be thinking like you know some people. I mean, I know. Zack Snyder's Justice League is pretty much going to be a completely different film for the most part. So maybe they're thinking like to maximise new subscribers they will release two big films and so people will see it as like a worthy investment mm-hmm. rather than essentially paying, I don't know, eight quid for just to watch Justice League mm-hmm. you would then be paying eight quid to watch two big films and then you think some people would be like, oh that's worth it. You know, even if you're not interested in one you'd still sort of think Okay, I'm getting value for money here. I mean, that's just a theory. Yeah. Um, on the Justice League thing, wasn't there a, an announcement that um, Martian Manhunter is going to have a bit more of a prominent role in? Well, yeah. The thing that he was even going to be, in, wasn't it? And then and then someone's announced, and then someone's done some reshoots with Martian Manhunter now, apparently. Yeah, he conf- apparently the actor confirmed that he's in it, and he is he is in it as Martian Manhunter. So that'd be pre- that'd be pretty cool. That's a new development that we've yeah. got in the. Uh... Although on the, the flip, on the flip side, Ray Fisher has been written out of the Flash film. Um, yeah, he's going through it. He's going through it. He's fallen out with the head of Warner Brothers or the DC arm of Warner Brothers, I think. Mm. Um, is this is this over the? I, I don't mean to be rude. It's, it's probably like the easiest character to um, recast because most of his body and face is covered by and CGI. Also, he's the one with the, the far, by far the least clout out of everyone in the yeah in the in the cast. He's the newest actor of all of them, and he's the, probably the least known. But um, sorry, again, what are you gonna say? Um, I was gonna say, is it related to the you know the allegations of mistreatment on set? Because oh yeah, hundred percent. I feel like this is you know if that's well, the case, he was mistreated or he mistreated someone else. He was mistreated on set, oh. and it's so unethical. I think to like write some basically sack someone because you disagree with i mean you know you're getting into you know this is sort of the thing weinstein did back in the day when 
people would come to him and say, you know, I, you're not being appropriate. And I'm not comparing the allegations between Weinstein and this other bloke. I can't remember his name. But, you know, just because someone's got power and someone speaks out against it doesn't mean they should be fired. I mean, mm. you know, you'd sort of think, what do Ezra Miller and all these other people think of that? You know, are they still going to be happy to go ahead with the Flash movie if one of their colleagues is, you know, basically been can fired? I- Glenn, can I answer that question for you? Yeah. If they're getting paid, then they're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, like, so uh, I think Gal Gadot um, and what's his face, uh, Jason Momoa, when these allegations were made by Ray Fisher, they did come out and say, like, I think Jason Momoa in particular, like, verbatim said, like, there was, there was some fucked up stuff that happened on set. So um, obviously, Joss Whedon got removed. He's what he's been done with now. He's gone higher up now to the the head of whatever, I don't know, Walter something, whatever his name is. And there's an independent investigation going on now. Now he's been removed from oh, the... Shit. Say again? Oh, shit, really, I said. Yeah, yeah. He's got an independent thing going on now. Now he's been removed from the Flash film. Um, and I expected... I don't know. I expected there to be more uh, people like on the cast maybe talking about it. I think the woman who plays Iris... Um, who we haven't actually seen on screen yet, but the woman who's going to play Iris in, in the film, she like tweeted about it and said it was wrong. But like, did you hear anything from Ezra Miller? Haven't heard anything from Gal Gadot? Jason Morris said something a few weeks ago before all this happened. So fair play to him. Haven't heard anything from Ben Affleck, who's apparently going to be in the film. So I think it would have been nice if his fellow castmates could have stood up for him, and maybe if they did, if the, enough star power would have kept him on, would have definitely kept him on the film. But did did he say exactly what was ha- what had happened to him, or was it just like a brief, like I've been mistreated, this isn't right kind of thing? Yeah, no one's really. I don't. I haven't. I've done like small bits of research, but nobody's really said what exactly went down. But I don't. I don't know. So like, it's hard to. It's hard to be like, oh, this is really wrong, blah blah blah. But at the same time, I w- I would think that something fucked up must have happened because, like you say. Ray Fisher's got so much to lose being the least experienced actor on there, being the least well-known actor on there. He's got so much to lose by coming mm-hmm. out of all of this stuff. So something fucked up must happen, but I have literally no clue what that might have might So been. there's a Hollywood Reporter article um, that basically says uh, Cyborg, the Cyborg actor Ray Fisher on Wednesday, I mean, this is a couple of weeks ago, attacked the DC Films president Walter Hamada uh, for allegedly impeding a misconduct investigation. Uh, Warner Media has stuck by Walter Hamada as the DC Films president. Um, they said that they don't think he's done anything wrong. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, the dispute between Fisher and Warner dates back to July 1st, 2020, when the actor alleged on Twitter that writer-director Joss Whedon had been abusive on the set of Justice League. Um, uh Fisher further claims that producers Jeff Johns and John Berg, who are co-presidents of DC Films, enabled Wedden's alleged behaviour. Wedden, Johns and Berg had no comment. Um, And then things got tenser on September 4th when Warner Brothers released a statement claiming Fisher was not cooperating with third-party investigators into the allegations. Fisher denied this uh, and found backing from Jason Momoa. Um, Then quickly, before you continue, can I also just say, um, a few days ago, Ray Fisher released a clip of him talking to the independent investigator and the investigator was saying how cooperative um, Ray Fisher had been. So that was a complete lie. What um, what Warner Brothers said about him not being cooperative was a complete and utter lie. 
Anyway, mm. continue. Sorry. And then Fisher says, I maintain that Walter Hamada is unfit for position of leadership, and I am willing at any point to submit to a polygraph to support my claims against him. I don't know how many instances of workplace abuse Walter has attempted to cover in the past, but hopefully the Justice League investigation will be the last. So it seems like his um, beef with Walter Hamada is for impeding the investigation into Joss Whedon's abusive treatment on set. But I mean, yeah, like you say, you know, if you look at Ray Fisher's, um, you know, roles, (laughs) there there aren't many. Mm. (laughs) It's basically Cyborg, and I think he's got something coming out this year and maybe a TV show. He was a true detective. That was it, yeah. And, Mm. you know, he, he, you know, even if, I I don't know how to word this, he clearly feels that there was mistreatment, whether, Mm. you know, other people don't interpret it like that, you know, you've got to kind of believe the victims in these cases and it's brave mm. of him to stand out uh, up for himself and you know if if it's true that Warners have sort of mm, misled how cooperative Ray Fisher was then there's some serious fuckery going on and it's mm. uh, well you know because Warner Brothers might have just listened to their higher ups and their higher ups are just probably trying to cover it up aren't they yeah I mean we we can only go by what you know so so Josh Wedden so who he's no longer associated with DC, right? So he's the one who's done the wrong here. Yeah, right. allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, yeah. And, and come then out, come out with this. Say, was it was it months ago? Was it only recently he came out saying about all this? July. It was July last year, I think. The. I I, I mean I don't deny I I don't discredit this guy. I'm sure it did happen, but I would have thought with all these things that come out these days, I would have thought that. MCU, unless people are just stick, shutting their mouths because of the money, I would have thought loads of people would have come out. Josh Whedon was really abusive all the time. It might not. It might not. He might not have been it all the time. Might have just been That's on this set. Maybe he. Maybe he has only just done it as a one-off, which mm. is unfair, regardless if it's once or a hundred times. Um, but maybe that's why they got rid of him off out of Warner Brothers. Mm. I think he was only just brought in to do the re- the finish off Justice League, really. Yeah. What is, what is he in Marvel? Is he the president? No, he's he's a, he's a um he directed the first two Avengers films. Yeah, I think and he's a, he's an executive producer on some of them as well. I think. Yeah, Agents of Shield. He he directed the first episode and was producer on that. He also did a few yeah. sci-fi programs. So Kevin. Chris? Oh, Kevin Feige. Kevin yeah. Feige. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's that's, that's that. You know, um, Walter Fisher. Uh, exiting the Flash movie whether they recast the role as you say Chris it's probably quite easy to recast um, but yeah I don't know mm. um, I guess this is going to rumble on um, more film news I mean going back to you said about Morbius being pushed back but still coming out this year there, am I right in thinking there are three spider related Spider-Man related films coming out with Sony this year because you've got Morbius Venom 2 Let There yeah. Be Carnage and yeah. then Spider-Man 3 which, if you believe certain reports um, on Twitter and stuff and Instagram, Charlie Cox has allegedly finished yeah. filming. That's um, what I saw as well. That's um, going to be a Chris- Christmas season type Daredevil's film. Finished, what, Daredevil's finished fi- filming his scenes? Yeah. He's not going to be in much of it, though, is he? He no. can't be. Surely not. Well, there was a... Again, I'm, uh, I need to m- pay more attention to sources. Sorry. but um, Sorry to whoever tweeted this out but um there was someone who lots of people say is quite well itk in the know in relation to marvel films and they said that um 
yeah, most of the rumours that we've heard are true and will only be short kind of cameos. So I think they said like um, Andrew Garfield will be in it for like 15 minutes. Toby Maguire was either 10 or 20 minutes. Um, Emma Stone and Kristen Dunst won't be in it for very long. Alfred Molina, Doc Ock won't be in it for long. But they also said, and again, we don't know how much of this is true, um, that they are going with Norman Osborne, um, Willem Dafoe as Norman Osborne, a.k.a. Green Goblin. Mm. Which, again, I, I'm here for because I thought he was really, you know, really good in, in the... Uh, yeah, so... Right, can I, so I was having a debate on chat uh, yesterday or the day before. We're playing games and like... Um, so obviously this film, the Spider-Man films, all that has like been dubbed as the villain is the Sinister Six. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But who would be the Sinister Six? It's Electro. Because I heard it's not Rhino and people are pissed that Rhino isn't part of it. I mean, I don't know what the comic kind of lineup is presumably it changes just quite a lot i think it changes i think there is a standard six but i think it it changes in and out it's just the six villains who want to take down spider-man basically i mean off the top of my head you got vulture yeah you got shocker was in homecoming wasn't he right at the end but you've got electro coming in don't you so yeah electro um doc ock yeah that's free uh green goblin Who's the, who's the guy at the end of um at the end of Venom? Isn't he one part of it? Carnage. Nah. Nah. You know Woody Harrison's character. Oh doesn't, no, nobody. Doesn't, say, uh, oh, doesn't he say something 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 sinister at the end? Yeah, he's Carnage. He's Carnage. Is he not part of it? Nah, he's he's a Venom villain. It would be um. Oh, but you are right though. Um, Thingy from the second film. Who's Mysterio? Oh yeah, that's oh. it, Mysterio. So that's five. Um. So let's see. This is what. Uh, Wikipedia is saying um, the original incarnation of the group is Doc Ock, Vulture, Electro, Mysterio, Sandman, and Craven the Hunter. Oh yeah, they said Sandman might come back for it, didn't they? From Spider-Man films. Yeah, and they they have cast um, Craven the Hunter, haven't they? Have they? Yeah, isn't it Jonathan? What's his name? No, I'm that's with... um, that's Kang the Conqueror. Oh, Kang. The... Oh, okay. My bad. I'm pretty sure Sony want to do Craven the Hunter a separate film like they're doing with Morbius. I heard that they might put him, him in uh, Black Panther 2. Oh, because... Oh, he's... Who? No, Who? Who's the... Kang or Who? Craven? Um, Kang. Uh, the Craven, yeah. so... Oh, really? All right. Yeah. Um, other, it's just a rumour, but... Yeah. Other iterations include uh, Scorpion and the Shocker, who were both in Spider-Man Homecoming. So, could be those. Um, but yeah, I mean, who knows? To be honest, <laughs> this also says there's a Sinister Seven and a Sinister Twelve. So, <laughs> is anyone is anyone concerned about? So, like, obviously, you're talking about these cameos, da 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 da. You know, this person's gonna have ten minutes. This is gonna have fifteen minutes. Like, one, all those minutes will add up. And two, do you think they're gonna talk about what the fuck happened at the end of Far From Home, like him being exposed and all that? To be honest, I think that's gonna be skipped over and fixed within a click of a finger. I think well, that's going to be so fixed so fast. Isn't there a comic arc where um, Spider-Man's identity is revealed and then with the help of Doctor Strange, everyone forgets? I mean, yeah, but that would be another film, I mean, surely. Or is Doctor Strange dubbed to be in this film as well? No, Doctor Strange is in this film. Oh, shit. Well, then, yeah, there you go. I reckon it's going to yeah. be fixed so fast. 
Fair enough. But I, I hope, yeah. well, because I think that's, that can be the basis for a whole film, that idea of him having to get his identity back. Like, yeah. And I feel like they're just not going to, like Chris said, I think they're just going to do it well quickly, which I don't, so, in the fa- in, in favour of doing the whole multiverse stuff, which fair enough is going to be cool, but... Do you, do you know think... I've been saying this from the beginning, right? Sorry, Glenn, but like, I genuinely think this film, I, I think it could be so great, this film. I, I genuinely do, like, I'd love to see Tobey Maguire in it. I'd even love for Tobey Maguire to get his own spin-off fourth film. Like, that would be my dream. But I genuinely think they need to break this film. Unless they do it similar to Civil War, which I don't think will quite work, I think they kind of need to make it into a two-parter film. If they want to get everything in there and right, personally, that's my opinion. But obviously, I haven't seen the film, so I don't know. I think they can go... Yeah, there's two ways. They can do a sort of, you know, part one, part two, which there was their original plan for Infinity War, wasn't it? But then it became... And it war an game, but I think Marvel, in general, well, like is, Kevin Feige, it? has they've they've learned how to manage increasingly more superheroes. I mean, you know, I think we were a bit worried initially. Civil War came out because we were like, oh my god, there's so many characters, and then Infinity War was that times two, and you and you know, I don't. I mean, there's probably certain characters you thought got a bit of short shrift, but in general. You know, you were like, oh, to be fair, they they handled it well. And even with Endgame, Endgame being three hours long, people accepted that. So, you know, they could probably get away with making Spider-Man 3 close to three hours. If oh, they I, don't to. I don't <laughs> know. I don't know. But, um, Not for Spider-Man. Maybe that be... What's that, Chris? Would you say three hours for the film? I'm saying they could probably get away with it up to three hours. Am I still breaking up or is it normal? It's generally normal. But, um, I mean, in terms of the minutes, you know, a lot of them could be simultaneous, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you could have all of them in, like, a 20-minute segment of flashing through different timelines. I don't know. But, um, I mean, I know we've, we've sort of discussed Tom Holland and Marvel's obsession with pairing him with other characters. Do you think that... Do you think they... I think one of the reasons is maybe they don't have confidence in Tom Holland as an actor, or is it just a case of this is a Sony movie? It's the case they can get lots of people in it. The more people, the the more other people you have in it, the more likely people are going to probably go and see it. So, like, if you have a Doctor Strange in there, you're probably going to get all the Doctor Strange fans coming up to Sony to watch it. I reckon. I disagree. I I think Spider-Man's super popular anyway. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think I don't think. But the thing is that the two options going gave. I don't think they don't have confidence in Tom Holland because they've already. I think they've already come out and said they would like six to nine films with him. So, um, talking not, and I'm not talking cameos. I'm talking trilogies. Like they want two to three trilogies of him. I mean, this the end of the first one. He's only 24, so he could literally. I mean, it feels like he's been around forever, but. He could, yeah, he could play this character until he's in his forties, and it would still he be. Could, if he if he hit forty right, and then they they recreate the, into the Spider Verse, people lose their shit, mate. I think, um, I think, um, to go back to your original question again, I think maybe the point of us seeing um, Spider Man with other characters is the fact that his character is still a teenager. Um, he's not an adult yet. I think when maybe when he is an adult, when his character becomes more mature, then we will see him as like the sole character in the film, and then other people supporting rather than it being like an ensemble sort of thing. 
Um, so I like agree. He's, mm. he's yeah. not like a leader. He's not a leader yet. He's not. He hasn't got that stature yet, mentally or in the outside world yet, as like a proper Avenger. You know, a, a man basically, like a kid still sixteen, I think, or seventeen. So I think once we get yeah, to the yeah, point where yeah, he graduates high true. school or whatever, then it's he'll true. be. Thank you. Yeah, I agree with you because do you know what? Because they always say that Spider-Man's the best of all of them, and this is the way of like introducing him to everyone, learning from everyone, being the best of them all, kind mm. of thing. And then yeah. eventually he could be the leader because he he does seem to have, well, in the comics, let's say he seems to have the most moral compass of them all. If that makes sense, like, yeah, I feel like Doctor Strange had no like in the Infinity War films, he had no real regard for anyone around him by the fact he could see the future, which was, I guess, he did it, it won in the end, but he took a massive gamble. And Iron Man's quite arrogant, and and Captain America, although he is like a symbol, he is quite of a, he's quite, um, I don't want to say hot-headed, but he, he'll just go, he'll just do what he thinks right, rather than, regardless of what other people think kind of thing. So maybe they'll try and incorporate all aspects yeah. of Spider-Man, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, on, on Captain America. Yeah, go ahead. Go, go on, on Well, I was gonna, I think what you're going to say links to what I'm going to say. So you say your bit first and then I'll go after. I was going to say there was rumours flying around that um, Chris Evans was approached to reprise his role as Captain America. But he did then allegedly tweet that it was news to him. So I don't know. I think personally he he's done. He should be done with it. I hope um, so. I hope you, don't so. Leave, you don't leave on that note and... Then come, come back because it undermines it. I think you could maybe see him as like a like old old man Cap, maybe Sam or whoever the next Captain America is going to be is feeling I don't know doubtful about their, how they're going to live up to him, and maybe he comes in as like a small little cameo, and maybe just give a little bit of advice. That is the most I would accept. If he's Chris Evans, young Chris Evans, nah, that's this that's bullshit. Because what about finished. what about as a mentor done. for someone? Nah, his story's done. Um, he's, he's dead. Well, no, he's not. He's just old. He's old as fuck. He's, uh, he's not dead he's yet, not I don't think. He's <laughs> not. No. He's like 10 at the end of the film, isn't he? I think he's just really old. Um, but, like, I think his, him, okay. his, his story's finished. And, like, Tony's story's finished, which is going to lead me on to what I was about to say um, before Glenn. There was, like, a rumour, another rumour, which said that um, Tony Stark's death will be the driving force into the MCU's um, Phase 4, which I'm like... Mm. Let the past die in it, Kylo Ren. I'm not a big fan. True. Yeah, they need to build stock in their upcoming characters. I think. Um, Definitely. I mean, um, I mean, I guess on that note, um, we ran a Twitter, uh, an Instagram poll um, yeah. last week. Do you have the most up to date results? Because I, I don't do. know if I do. Give me a sec. Okay. So we tweeted, um, not tw- I keep saying tweeted, we posted on Instagram story um, four different polls. So we were comparing essentially the Batman trilogy uh, from Chris Nolan and the Captain America trilogy. So we compared Batman, we wanted you to compare Batman Begins uh, to Captain America the First Avenger, uh, The Winter Soldier to The Dark Knight, uh, Dark Knight Rises to Civil War. And then the trilogy is about. Um, so yes, thank you for everyone who voted on that. And yeah. uh, I agree with the results. 
So do you want me to do one result each and then we talk about it or do it all together and then we just talk about it in general? Do it, I think do it all and then we'll talk about it in general. Okay, cool. So, uh, Batman Begins or Captain America First Avenger. This surprised me. Captain America won by 67% to 33%. <laughs> yeah, which I think is crazy. <laughs> Batman Begins is not a very good film. I think it's well. Yeah, it not, is. It's a very good film, I think. I like it, but I like Captain America more. Um, I don't think Batman Begins is a bad film. So I think because it's not as like uh, it's not a dark night yeah it's not as action packed either it's kind of just it's there I think I honestly think Batman Begins is a really good film and people just don't I think people don't go back to watch it and realise it it's like when I hate on a film and then and then over you like say six months later I'll rewatch it you'll like it more mm. and I'm like oh yeah I've rewatched it now it's better but mm. yeah I might watch it again because I feel like my opinion of it might be warped because I haven't watched it in ages um, but yeah, yeah. so yeah, this one uh, typical landslide, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, or The Dark Knight. Uh, Dark Knight won by 87% to 13%, which is yeah. expected. Expected. Because obviously people love The Dark Knight. Like, me personally, I think it's 50 50. But. Nah, Winter Soldier's waste. I, I really like Winter Soldier. I think Winter Soldier's really good. And I'm not as high on The Dark Knight as everyone else is, like, famously, as everybody, everyone knows. Again, maybe this is another film I need to rewatch. I just. just yeah. We were discussing this in the chat at the time, weren't we? Um, what is your actual with Winter Soldier, Chris? What did you just say? You cut out. Uh, I said, what's your beef with the Winter Soldier? Didn't, I wasn't that entertained by it. Oh, really? That's all. Oh, man. Mm. And when, was also, last, when was the last time you watched it, Chris? It, 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 huh? What's that? When was the last time you watched it? Probably the last time I watched it was the last time we did a... Uh, a a, not not including this time the last time we did a ranking of the MCU films and I rewatched okay. it so a few years but, ago but like I can't really remember it so that's in my mm. mind makes it like not as great the only things that I remember that I well I was, ta- I was talking to someone the other day and I was questioning it and I was like someone was like why didn't they keep all the super soldiers alive They're like and I was like that's a very good question but I know the answer the answer is they wanted to cause a rift between the Avengers, blah blah blah, all that jazz. But it's isn't it Civil War when they kill all the um when Zemo kills all the what's it called? Isn't it? Or am I wrong? That's it. I, I, mean. I get I get them confused. That's it's, it's really not prominent in my mind. Fair enough. Um Yeah, Zemo, Zemo's in Civil War. Yeah. Do you know what it is like um with the Winter Soldier, I just think as like a, a packaged film, it's just like it's just not it's not you know films, certain films like are good MCU films, and then you've got certain films that are just, like, good films. I think you could slap Captain America with the Soldier, take out the MCU, and put it into a regular thing, and people would still really like it. And I can't say the same for a lot of the MCU films. Um, yeah, I think that's a fair point. Maybe it I could mean, be a... That's not... That's, yeah, I suppose it's not a bad shout. But you could also equally say, no one gives a shit about Batman... Be- well, a lot of people don't give a shit about Batman Begins, so you could have Dark Knight as a standalone film. Yeah. So, that's true. That's true. But yeah, no, yeah. I, 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 I will say that Dark, the Dark Knight is better than Captain America Winter Soldier. I just like Captain America Winter Soldier quite a lot. Um, I also think, and I said this in our chat, the lift scene in uh, in Winter Soldier oh, yeah. is one of the top scenes in oh, yeah. the MCU. There's three that, scenes. Sorry again, continue. Sorry, sorry. The what scene? I was just going to say, like, you know the scene where, um, um, what's Before we name? get started, does anybody want to get out? 
Yeah, Steve Rogers, and he's surrounded by all the Hydra agents, and he realizes that oh, the people right. are double agents, and then it's a good little fight. Basically... It's, it's, a, it's a good fight. Oh, I love, honestly, I love that. Scene what are the so other scenes? What are the other scenes? So, in the, I was gonna say, so there's that scene. I think there's the, the scene we first see Bucky when they when um, Samuel Jackson's uh, car gets um, attacked. Up. I think yeah. that's a sick scene, and then I think when Bucky and Steve fight just before he realizes that Bucky's Bucky. That whole scene when he kills um It is really actually to be fair, it's really good choreography, isn't it? The yeah. fight's really well done actually, yeah. Yeah. I think there's some really like those three scenes I just mentioned I think are like top action scenes in uh not maybe not top, but like, you know, they're up there with like the best action scenes in that like, MCU, I think. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, unsurprising that Fight Night came out on top. Yeah. Um, sure. I think that's the that's the thing about us the film you know, in terms of the order they came out in the trilogy, because, you know, it'd be interested the best films of the trilogy up against one another, would someone choose Dark Knight over Civil War? I don't know. It's a it's a it's gonna be a toss up, which um yeah. Um anyway and, and then the the final film in each trilogy. So final Civil film. War against Batman Rises. Dark Knight Rises. So yeah, um so for that one, Captain America won sixty seven percent to thirty three percent. Oh, Okay, so about two thirds. Do you know who, both. Do you know how many people voted? Um, do you know actually how many people voted on that last one? I don't know. I think it was in the millions. Yeah, yeah. Who chose the Dark Knight Rises? Because although it gets slated, I actually think it's quite a good film. I just think it's. I don't. I think it's just a very very long winded film, and I think there's a lot of chaos when there should be more action. Yeah, it's way too long. It's way yeah. too long. But there's there's a lot of points where it's, there's not a lot going on. I feel mm. in the film, if I remember correctly, again mm. I haven't watched this film in ages. But like, isn't it all the all the villains take over and there's mm. just chaos? That's the thing. I think they're really cool. So there's aspects of this film which are really cool and and sick. I think like the the, minute, the bit you just said about them taking over Gotham, which I, I think that bit is sick. Like the idea of it anyway. Um, the bit where uh, Batman's stuck in the pit and then gets out of the pit and then he realises that what's his name Bane, like, Bane was the person to, oh no that Talia was the one to get out of the thing that'd be sick obviously Bane like I was born in the darkness all that that was sick like <laughs> <laughs> but just the film oh, yeah, itself decent, is, you know that was decent <laughs> the film itself is just there's just so much of it and I remember because we watched it remember we were doing um, you know, we were doing um, the superhero stuff and I was doing DC and I watched it, and I wanted my agenda to run that this was better than Dark Knight. It's fucking not. But, like, <laughs> it's just it's just too much filler in the middle. Like, you could have taken shaved half an hour of this film, and it would probably be be better than some of the parts, do you know what I mean? I thought, I thought Civil War would win by more of a landslide. So did I. So did I. But, um, yeah. So And then, uh, then the trilogies overall. Yeah, so this is more interesting. So, quickly, so... Um, you got Captain America winning by 67% for the first film. Batman winning by 87% in the second film. Captain America winning by 67% in the third film. But then when I said better trilogy overall, it's so it's so much closer. So the Dark Knight, um, 47%. Captain America, 53%. Oh, okay. Oh, that was interesting. See, see this, yeah. is my, this is what I was trying to say the other day. Like, So for me, like again, like, I prefer Batman Begins. I prefer Dark Knight. And then I prefer Civil War, but as a complete trilogy, I think 
Captain America is better, mm. which sounds strange. Mm. Like the progression maybe of Captain America is maybe better. Like mm. I don't know. Like in my head, like I just think about it. And again, didn't rewatch any of these. It's just off the top of my head. I just think, yeah, okay, Captain America is a better trilogy. But then I prefer, if you went one for one, I prefer the Batman films. If that makes sense. Yeah, fair enough. But strange, I know. It's, it's, if, if you if you were to like rate each film out of ten and then compare the scores, I don't know if they would be vast difference. It, it would probably be quite equal because I think so. For me, the Batman trilogy has one, in my opinion, brilliant film in The Dark Knight, which would, I would probably rate at maybe a nine. And then, but then you've also I would I'm not really keen on Batman Begins, and I do need to rewatch it. But I would probably put that around like a Again, this is based on an old opinion, but like five and a half, six. And then The Dark Knight Rises would maybe be like a seven. Um, whereas Civil War would be like an 8.5. Captain America, the first Avenger. Again, I don't really rate it that much. So maybe five and a half, six. And then The Winter Soldier, again, maybe a seven, 7.5. So they would probably all end up balancing, um, mm. which is strange because I think... The Captain America film is ma- uh, trilogy is maybe more consistent, and each subsequent film is better. Whereas mm. with the Dark Knight, you've got, you know, whether you like Batman Begins or not, the Dark Knight is the best of that trilogy. So you mm. you kind of peak and then drop again. So that probably influences people's decisions. I mean, for me, I I've said in our chat on balance, the Cap trilogy has more better films than the Batman trilogy, uh, mm. but the Batman trilogy is more complete in my opinion in terms of character development because it is basically just on Batman and his development whereas by well even with Winter Soldier you've got Black Widow and Nick Fury but by Civil War there's you know 10 other characters so I'm it, it becomes can less we, about Cap. Can we unpack that quickly so the, about the bit about character development so what do you think how does how does Batman's character develop from Batman Begins to the Dark Knight Rises? Well I mean <laughs> In the sense that he, you know, you, with Batman Begins, you literally start, he starts out being the Cape Crusader and then, um, you know, you, I think he fights Scarecrow and then, um, he's got his, uh, relationship with, um, is it Rachel? Rachel. And yeah. then by the Dark Knight, even the actress changes. That relationship is like a thread in that, in that film. Then he's also got his relationship with Commissioner Gordon and Harvey Dent. Mm. Um, and then with the Joker, which I think is quite a complex relationship. And then, I mean, I think if Heath Ledger had survived, the Joker would definitely would have featured in The Dark Knight Rises. But even with that, in The Dark Knight Rises, in Heath Ledger's absence, you've got the relationship with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, who turns out to be um, Robin. And then throughout, mm. you've got the relationship with Alfred. Um, and, you know, you see him, um, especially in The Dark Knight, sort of, toying with his morality in the sense of he knows he's got like a, or that version of Batman doesn't kill but the Joker is basically saying you know you're going to need to kill me mm. <laughs> um, and I want you to and mm. um, then by the end of Dark Knight Rises he sort of you know fakes his own death and that to me is more complete um, and again, we're taking this as just a trilogy. You could say that Captain America's arc runs over loads of different films, including the Avengers. But 
Yes, I don't know. I just think it's more focused. Um, I think some of the relationships explored are more detailed um, and richer. Um, yeah. Um, that's fair. Like, I, um, I half agree with what you're saying. I think that <laughs> I, no, I agree that he does have good character development in the over the three films. I think that Captain America's is more, more, it's easier to see how he's changed as a character from the first one to the third one. I think, um, in terms of somebody who was a yes sir, no sir, you know, um, straight, straight down the line sort of guy, like, not counting this, but in like Age of Ultron, for example, someone swears he says mind your language, like that sort of thing. And then you compare that to, um, what's it called? Winter Soldier, he becomes someone who is much less trusting of those around him and the higher ups around him and stuff like that. Can then carry that on to Civil War, where he's someone who's completely has no trust of the government whatsoever, um, and is willing to break, to break the rules, um, and to kind of go his, go his own way to get things done. Um, so I think I prefer, I prefer, I prefer Captain America's arc more. Um, but I do like the way that Batman, one, well, I like the way that Batman's character develops throughout films. I do like the thing about the Joker forcing people to, um, forcing people to, um, forcing him into, to look at his own morality. I like that. One thing I didn't like was how, like, he, <laughs> so when he started becoming Batman, Batman begins, Gotham was really shitty. And then he leaves, he stops being Batman. I don't know how many years later it is. Gotham's still shitty. But he's, he's just on holiday in Italy. <laughs> Gotham's still fucked. <laughs> Gotham's still fucked. And anyway, whatever. whatever he's got to take a break, innit? Man's got to take a break from saving He's retired. Let's take a break. No, cause, do you know what it is as well, actually? Because yeah? he left after the Dark Knight. He didn't, it was like eight years later. He Batman was gone for eight years. So he, he left everyone at Gotham. Then he come back for the film. However long, whatever duration that was, a couple months, I don't know. And then he's gone. Well, in terms of development, I feel I see what you're both saying. Like, I feel like Captain, like you said, Ives, Captain America, his ideology changed a little bit from what it originally standed for. But I feel like his his overall like ambition was still the same. Well, I feel and the same with same with Batman. I feel like the eight what they wanted from A to B, like defending, has always been the same. But I suppose, in one sense, Batman's gone through a lot of hardships and had to overcome them throughout the films, while Captain America's just learned that the world's changed and that he's, his opinion on things has changed with it, I guess. Because he does a lot of breaking the rules to save his friends kind of mentality, doesn't he? Uh, my, my, my view of that is that Captain America's in a kind of moral compass has remained the same. It's just like you're saying, like the context around him is changing. So the authorities turn out to be corrupt or um, maybe not corrupt, but, you know, he's breaking the rules, but he's still sticking to his own rules in that regard. Um, he just disagrees with like the Sokovia records, you know, based on his, uh, his, his moral compass. And, but I mean, I guess by in Endgame, he says ask, doesn't he? that's the difference is that Captain America's learning the culture because he's been away for so long or well, not the culture the, mm. 
the everyday things that what what it used to be isn't the same as what it is now purely because well you have the technological changes and all this jazz well well batman is kind of if you go by dark knight he's just a guy who disappeared because he didn't like the way things were so he went and trained and got beaten the shit out of pretty much while captain america does the beating the shit out of people if he needs to but yeah, they're both. I mean, they're both great trilogies. I think, or both have their merits. Yeah, okay. And it's yeah. definitely the peak, it's definitely the peak of DC. So, for, well, uh, I think, uh, yeah, there's an interesting poll. Thank you for everyone who voted. Oh. Um, if you want to elaborate on what you voted for, or you want to challenge any of our opinions, obviously we're on Twitter at YZPodcast17 and Instagram as just a mid pod plug. Yeah, um, talking of the, the Instagram and the pod and all this jazz, I actually wanted to say to you, Obi, bravo for that post about Thor, because that was, was it Obi? Or was it Glenn? Oh, yeah, it was me. Yeah, no, it was me. Hey, that hit me hard. I was like, rah, this hey. is true. This I is so they, they have fucking ruined this guy. They fucked him. Well, not they fucked him, but they shortchanged him, I think, anyway. Because I was, I, when I was watching what was the your post? So basically, my, my, the gist of it was that I think Infinity War ruins Thor's character development and his yeah. like arc as a as a person. So that coming from <clears throat> Thor Ragnarok, where he's like super obsessed with um, his power uh, throughout this whole trilogy, even he's super obsessed with power and um, being worthy. Blah 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 blah. Um, Hela comes and destroys his hammer, so he thinks, "Oh, I'm fucked. I've got no power. I can't beat her." X Y Z. Odin comes along and says, like, you're being stupid. The, the power's within you. Like, these, these weapons don't matter. You are powerful. He says, sweet. He unlocks a new volume of power and defeats Hela. And, like, you see that Thor is super powerful. I would say at that point, probably the most powerful Avenger because we haven't seen Captain Marvel yet. Then you go to straight from there to Infinity War and his whole arc is about, oh, I need to get a new weapon to face Thanos. And although we get the point where he says, bring me Thanos and in Wakanda, that bit's sick, don't get me wrong. Like, you think like they went through all of that development and then they just went back saying, nope, you need a weapon to beat this bad guy. And, then, it not... and, then, and then the end game, you need two weapons to beat this bad guy. Mm. Yeah. It's fun. It's great. It's, it's entertaining as fuck, but I'm just saying like, his, for him personally, like, I saw how powerful he was in Thor Ragnarok and I got the, oh well, when I saw it, I, when I was watching, I think, okay, this is like just the brink of his power, and then you skip forward a bit later, and he's <laughs> basically a weakling, and he needs an axe and a hammer to beat Thanos. And even then, he doesn't beat Thanos. But, yeah. it, do you know yeah. what though? Like, I agree, agree with your points, but it wasn't even like that bit that hit me a little bit. It was more that, yeah, okay, he's created a new weapon because this guy is really powerful. Because it could be the fact that even though Thor's powerful within himself, he might not be powerful enough to defeat this villain. It's the fact that in the the next film, he was so, like, beaten up about it, and he just, like, didn't heed any of his father's warning. And it and I feel like he just crumbled as a as an iconic trio. And, mm. Like, yeah, I just, yeah, I just thought, I just hope he goes back to being the four we loved in Ragnarok. Because, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just thought it was a very good post. Very, very well thought out and very... um. Very good. Yeah. So you don't stand Fat Thor then, Chris? I, I, funny. I, I, I love it, Fat Thor. Who loves Fat Thor? Uh, me, I love him. I think I think he I think him being fat and being depressed makes the most sense of any of the reactions that anyone else has had to what happened. 
I mean, it does make sense, but I thought he was quite a strong character, so I thought he would, like, try and power through. I, I don't mind him being fat for part of the film, or all the film, in fact, but I hope there's, like, a change, because his personality changed with it, and it was funny. Mm. I feel like the funniness is gone, and, like, we should move on now. Okay. Mm. But well, at the same mm. time, they, they did it all right, and he did that cool thing with his hair when he when he became a funny. I think that is sick. Cause <laughs> I love that. That's really the only time without, throughout both the films he uses his thunder god powers or yeah. lightning god or whatever you want to call him. Because even when, even though it's such an iconic scene and it, and it gives me shivers whenever I see it when he comes smashing down in Wakanda with his two hammers. No, no, with his... It's just, it's just Stormbreaker, isn't it? Yeah, with Stormbreaker. That's sick. And there's a bit of thunder, but he ain't really like thunder god. Yeah. But when you see him in Endgame... That's Thunder God. And that's why, and people are going to disagree with me, that's why I get pissed off with the end game fight. Because even though he's big, he hasn't lost his powers. He's still a strong guy. And in fact, he's got two weapons this time. He's got his, he's using his thunderous powers and he did nothing to Thanos. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. While in the previous film, he had one hammer, had, had his, had his ego. That was a physically fit Thor, Chris, at the top of his game. Fine, that's fine. But physically fit Thor got a got a chop in, right? This <laughs> Thor got zilch, got yeah. zero, got nada. Yeah. Right? And I'm, I'm again, no discredit to Captain Captain America, oh, but Captain America is just a superhuman, right? He can be hurt and he yeah. can bleed. Yeah. And like he did so much more damage than Thor. Oh, what, what a moment. Yeah. But it was it was iconic. It was. Iconic. Then if you think about it, you know, Eden Hazard uh, <laughs> in Chelsea was super lean, really dangerous. Went to Real Madrid, got fat, hasn't probably lost any visibility, but isn't as dangerous. That's, all right, Glenn, I'm applauding you. That's a great little analogy there. I love it. I love it. He's <laughs> all got the potential to be dangerous, but because he's fat, he's uh, yeah, you know, but then, not doing but any then, damage. But then we talk about Paul Star Terry, mate. <laughs> That guy was big and he could do Who's something. Who's the fuck is Paul Star Terry? Hey, you don't know Paul Star Terry, do you? No. Only those, only those. Right back, what a, what a legend, man. <laughs> is he an old Tottenham player or something? Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> he was fat, man. he was fat. I can't believe he played football. Oh. But, oh, that's um, just, uh, that's jokes. Oh, I'm well, like, quality well played well played that was good that was good um let's continue the superhero theme whilst we're on it and uh discuss the much awaited wonder vision um so i presume what have we have we spoke about wonder woman because i wasn't here on the last pod so did you talk about that as well yeah Yeah, Opie discussed it have you seen it yeah i've seen it Oh, okay, go on quickly, what do you think? No, we're talking about Wonder Wonder Vision first, it's fine, I was just curious, sorry. Okay, so yeah, first two episodes of, I think, is it an eight or nine episode season, came out on um, Friday, Uh, we're recording this on Sunday, Um, yeah, first two episodes, and I think it will be like Mandalorian just every subsequent subsequent weeks. Um, It's the first uh, official MCU foray into television because Shield, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't think quite counts. Um, but Disney Plus exclusive, um, continuing the narratives of Wanda 
Maximoff and Vision. Um, and we'll lead into Doctor Strange 2, the Multiverse of Madness. Um, the first two episodes at least have a sort of sitcom vibe, um, mixed with a bit of like, you know, uh, what's going on here? There's a few, yeah, there's a few kind of little tidbits that you're like, there's something bigger going on here. Um, and we've, you know, theorised about whether she's creating this reality because she can't cope with Vision's death. Um, but I mean, I guess that's that's the premise. The first episode is a 50s setting, um, and the second episode is a 67, uh, 60s setting, which uh, by the end becomes the 70s. Um, they've also kind of kept with the... Uh, I think the first episode was filmed in front of a live studio audience to kind yeah, of give well. it the... Yeah, the real kind of authenticity of a, an American sitcom. Um, you also get a, you know, a, a kind of fake advert in the middle, which I quite like. Um, but I mean, yeah, I guess. Did you catch the little, um, little tidbits they put in the ad, like little things they put in the adverts? Like, yeah. So uh, there's an article on Collider that I'm going to reference okay. later about that. But I mean, generally, um, Obi Chris with the first two episodes, the new kind of. The new direction, really, that the MCU have gone in. I mean, you've, we had comedy with Ragnarok and Ant Man, but this is sitcom, which is much different. So, how do you? Think... Take, it's basically a take a piss out of Bewitched, isn't it? Is it Bewitched? That was the TV series back in the day. Yeah, I think the second what second episode's more Bewitched style. The first one's kind of like an I Love Lucy sort of um, yeah sort of thing. But um, yeah. sorry, Chris, you want to go first? No, you go first, man. I, I, so, um, two things, like, firstly, I like, I liked it, I like it, um, I think this, the whole, I grew up, and I still do, I watch sitcoms, and I grew up watching sitcoms, so that whole, like, the canned laughter, all that stuff, that is familiar to me, so I, I really enjoy the aspect of it, um, Paul Bettany, I think, his comedic timing is really, it's actually really, really good, so I enjoyed all the, like, the jokes that they were making, stuff like that, I actually found them quite funny. Um, so I enjoy the aspects of it um, and secondly I do like that um, I really like that Marvel um, are willing to go in a different direction and a different sort of theme to what they normally do because you one of my complaints about Marvel anyway is that the films largely are quite similar in terms of how 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 they work in terms of like themes beginning middle end XYZ X, stuff like that this one is completely different vibe to anything we've gotten so far, and I really, I really like that. Um, and then even with that, they've also they like they pepper in the little things like um, that make us think like, oh, what what is actually really going on? You've got the bee in the second episode, the guy with the bees coming up the drain, and then Wanda being like, nope, reversing it back. In the first episode, you've got um, uh, anytime basically, well, throughout two episodes, anytime. Someone asks these two a question that they don't know the answer to. Um, I think Wanda's mind starts going into fucking going haywire, and think. And when, when I'm assuming that whenever her mind is questioned about something, she says, "This is a threat to my happiness right now." So I'm gonna. This person's got to die. <laughs> so in the first episode, that's the um, the uh, what's this Vision's boss. Second episode, it's the woman, the, bit, the bitchy woman from the meeting, and another thing that. Um, somebody pointed out to me, although is it well? Someone, someone, someone pointed out to me is that it seems that Vision can't do anything without Wanda making him do it. 
if that makes sense. Cause, so that, that's what I found really strange was that when the boss was choking, it's only when Wanda says, Vision, help him. Then he helped him. Yeah, I did wonder. I was like, why are they just letting this man choke? Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, I didn't even think about that, to be honest. Although he, he, when they do the magic show in the second episode, he seems to be able to do things. But I think that's I think that's because well this is just my I'm just going off what someone else said in the video really um, I think because she knows that this talent show is important so she wants him she's saying Vision do do the talent show but he can only do it to a certain ability because of the gum stuck in his what's it called so she actually mm-hmm. does want them to do that I'm wondering but it, it might be so I'm wondering if she didn't actually if you want them to not do it and go home if he would have just turned around and gone home I don't know. I I I so I kind of get where you're going with that, and whoever said the video, I get where they're going. But I kind of disagree because like he still has all his abilities and stuff, mm. and he uses them out of context as well. Like she would have directed him differently in the in. I mean, obviously he's broken in the scene, isn't he? Mm. But like she wouldn't have if, if her mind was the 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 focal point of his actions. He one wouldn't have done all the paperwork at his job correctly and fast, and two he probably wouldn't have done all those missteps throughout the magic show. Mm. I feel that's my opinion of it, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's good. It's a good take on it. Like I never, I, it never even crossed my mind to think of it like that. So that's, it's very interesting. You touched on a good point with regards to his work, because before this series premiered, I was thinking, you know, people were saying this is her construction and we know that vision. Well, <laughs> we don't know, but, you know, Vision in the MCU has died, essentially. But he seems to be able to do things in this reality, whatever, on his own. Which I was I was under the impression that this would all eventually end up being Wanda's construction. So how would then Vision be able to go and go to work? And, you know, even there, he's questioning things. He's like, so what does this company actually do? And that was quite funny. He was like, yeah. what, do they, what do we do? And it's like, oh... Um, you know, we do paperwork. It's like, yeah, but is it imports, exports? Is it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, eh, we just do our uh, inventory or whatever it is. And, you know, I can't tell if that's, if Wanda's so powerful that he can be a creation and live his own, his own kind of life, essentially. Or... I feel like, I, I agree, like, that's totally fair question then, but I do feel like we're missing something here. I feel like, they are just I feel like they are mimicking a lot of shows and I feel like this is maybe stuff that happened in other shows as well as it being them not knowing if that makes sense like I feel mm-hmm. like again I only can re- reference Bewitched I for some reason I feel like the the, the the man in Bewitched wasn't all clued up and and the lady who was the witch was proper clued up I, I don't know why I've got that feeling well the like well, the, the opening the opening credits of the second episode is evocative of Bewitched. So that's that's what they were, you know, the animation and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I like that touch. Um, and I don't, I'm not familiar with Bewitched, so I can't mm. say. But, um... I, uh, what was I going to say? Um, I'll be honest, I didn't, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't tick any real boxes with me, this, these first two episodes. I'm going to be honest. I think there was... Is there not any intrigue, even if it's just the last... No. So, uh, I, I worded that wrong. So, I'm intrigued to know where it goes because I feel like it is leading up to something big, and that's and that's intrigued me. Like, I want to know what the Beehive guy is about. I I'm intrigued because I thought that was quite interesting. Where, like you said, she reversed time 
and then she went into a different decade, like literally with a click of a finger, no one batted an eyelid. The radio going all funky, and they're saying, Wanda, Wanda, like, can you hear us? What you, what's happening? All that jazz, which makes me think that she's under like some kind of psychosis, not psychosis. Is it psychosis? It makes me feel like Wanda is being tested on in some way, shape or form. But again, I, I am. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I I want to see the next few episodes to see what happens. That's, that's my intrigue. But in terms of like the way it's done, it wasn't in, it wasn't pulling me in too, too much for me to be like, I really want to focus on this episode kind of thing. That's fair. I think, um, a couple of things. So, uh, firstly, was that I um, I actually think that Wanda is just is I don't think anyone's testing on her. I think she's doing this, and but I think people are misinterpreting it as her someone do because obviously the person in question on the radio who's doing this to you. Um, I imagine that's somebody from Shield or whatever. I don't know, um, but I think it's her. Maybe she just kind of had like a psychotic break kind of thing, and it's just gone into this whatever, whatever this whatever's going on in her, her little world um second thing i was going to say um is another thing that comes from a video that i watched so um it's not my point but i think sometimes so so going back to what you said chris about you not being um super invested in it so far um i think that it's not necessarily a bad thing that this show is not appealing to everybody uh, i think that's okay i think marvel shouldn't be afraid to make to make to not make content that everybody loves if that makes any sense Mm. Um, you shouldn't be 100% agree 100% agree with you there 100% agree with you there yeah so I think it's okay to try and go into like a different a niche market because I although um, obviously you want stuff to be you want stuff that's entertaining and whatnot I would I hope and I would appreciate if we've got obviously we've got this show coming out we've got Loki we've got uh, Captain America Winter Soldier if those all had different tones different vibes I would much appreciate that more than if they were all similar in terms of like um themes and action and stuff like that personally yeah and and if anything i think it will it will broaden the audience base because you know there will be people who are like oh, i don't really want to watch a superhero film but if it's like a superhero sitcom mm-hmm. you be like oh that's interesting i'll check it out and that setting does work. So if we are right in thinking that one has suffered some kind of mental break, then it would, you know, if her dream was to have a family and a life with vision, then the sitcom lends itself to that, doesn't it? Because, you know, mm-hmm. like a more domesticated setting and just, yeah, that, that's such an American institution of having, you know, comedy based around families at home you know whether it's families or or friends with friends you know it, it's such a, a common trope for a new girl you know those mm. sorts of things um, and yeah. i mean yeah i appreciated it i it was actually funny um which it did have funny again, moments, yeah, you're right. yeah. which i wasn't sure if it would be um and again i don't necessarily always find american sitcoms humor like you know, great. Um, mm. But I liked it. Um, I appreciate. The... It. I thought the magic show was a good touch. I thought that was quite clever how they did that. Yeah. I thought that uh, was very well done. Uh, yeah. I just, yeah, and I, I like Paul Bettany. He, I, really I think like he, he he's had some short shrift with 
voicing Jarvis and then being Vision. You know, they're, they're not the most emotive uh, characters, but, you know, this has allowed him to be a bit more, you know, uh, human, I guess, in a way. Um, and it's funny when he turns up to the watch, the neighborhood um, watch meeting and, um, and then someone offers him gum and he's like, Oh yeah, we use this for mastication, don't we? And the other guy's like, I don't do that. I knew, I knew, I knew yeah. you'd like that joke. <laughs> you talk to me, hold on. Let's call it back to the beginning of the podcast. You talk to me about being mature and stuff like that. That's the joke that you fucking love. All right, continue. <laughs> but, um, uh, I, I want to sort of delve into the, uh, I guess there's, in the first episode, the toaster is made by Stark Enterprises or Stark Industries, shall we say? Uh, just a little tidbit. Um, and I'm going to quote sorry, a... quickly. Sorry, did you notice the thing? Like it was like ticking. What do you think that meant? Like, and yeah, then the woman was like looking at it for time, like thinking, like, is this like going to go off or something? Like, what do you think that meant? I'm curious. Can you repeat that? It cut out. Oh, sorry. So, yeah, like, you're cutting out a bit, mate. Sorry. With the um, with the toaster, um, the toaster advert. It was like ticking, like it was a kind of like a bomb, and the woman was like looking at it, kind of like suspiciously, like, "Is this gonna something gonna happen with this?" So like, I'm I, wondering what you two thought. That I meant. thought it was more like a suspense thing, okay. so like we're ticking down, like, because because again, if she's trapped somewhere, whether it's like psychosis or someone's doing it to her, I almost felt like it was a ticking, like waiting for it to almost like click in her head. But I know she wasn't looking at it, but that was almost what I triggered to think. When that came up, because it was okay. really annoying. It was an annoying clock sound, wasn't it? Mm-mm. Well, so again, I'm going to quote from a Collider article. You guys is... are cheating. You keep checking things. You cheaters. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm not clear up j- enough to recognise all of the Easter eggs. And I also want to try and give credit to the other sources, you know, where we can. So on Collider, it's called Wonder Vision Easter Eggs. Um, it says that the MCU, uh, the episode one commercial, um, the sound you hear is the same sound that Iron Man's suit makes when a weapon is about to fire. Ah, oh, that's sick. That makes sense. Oh, okay. yeah. Is it? And again, that's is it? Because obviously, uh, in her, I mean, in her... sorry, Glenn, go on. Sorry. I was just going to say. I mean, this is according to the article. I mean, like, I can't verify that, but it's also something I would never pick up on. What, is it, it actually? In her... no, that's it... really bizarre and yeah. not right. But no, it makes sense if it did, because obviously in her mind, and this ties in with the, the next advert as well, because in her mind, Iron Man fucked up her life. <laughs> so that's he like... Gave, but he also gave her a life. Like, if it wasn't for he Iron Man... He, did, he, he, he didn't, though. If it wasn't for Iron Man, her, 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 she'd be all right. <laughs> if Iron if Man, she wouldn't have vision. Yeah, so? <laughs> so? Isn't this whole thing about her and vision? But I guess, but like... The principle of this the whole point of age, the whole point of Age Vultron is that Iron Man fucked up her and her brother's life. True, but she didn't bring her brother back from a psychotic episode, did she? She's done it because of Vision. Yeah, but regardless of that, what I'm saying is that it makes sense in the in the context of the oh, yeah, 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 in yeah. the context of I'm assuming it's going through state they're going to be going through stages of her life because this first one is about Iron Man and how Iron Man influenced her life, and then the second one um, is the Hydra the watch has got Hydra on it. So after Iron Man fucked up her life, she joined Hydra. So I'm assuming the next one is going to have something else to do with whatever she's gone through. Uh, Did she join Hydra? I'm, no, I'm very confused. Hydra, Hydra, Hydra kept her captive. Yeah. They, well, well, yeah. So they, 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 well, they experimented on her. 
you know, same thing, whatever. See, they, they experiment on her. But wait, Iron Man fucked up her life again? Because he calls Ultron and Ultron fucked up the whole of Sokovia, which is where she lived. I mean... But that was prior to... Not that one. The fucking... It's the, it's the, what's it called? Um, her and her brother lost their parents because of Iron Man's, um, Iron Man's, um, war bombs and stuff like that. And oh, people, right. people, yeah, use yeah, that, okay. people use that to bomb, to, to bomb Sokovia. So, so prior, prior to Iron Man mm. becoming Iron Man and selling weapons, Pete, Sokovia got destroyed. Yeah. Then she got captive, captured by Hydra. Then she got. I don't, I'm pretty sure they volunteered. I don't think they got captured. They volunteered. I'm pretty sure they're getting tested on. No, I think they volunteered for testing though. Hmm. Isn't okay. that how the, isn't that how the MCU um, rationalised their powers? Because obviously in the comics they're both yeah, children. I feel, like done, I feel like they've done a U-turn on that. Mm. I mean, <clears throat> going back to the watch. That's so quite, yeah, a, advert... that's quite a lot of power to give Wanda from an experiment. But I suppose they all can. They I don't all know if they necessarily. Have... Ch- yeah. They don't choose the power they get given, do they? No, it's just true, sort of like... true, but you go from giving someone super speed to giving someone uh, reality-warping powers. I'm not saying... It's, they... like, it's yeah. like mutation, isn't it? it could yeah, be I know, I know. But... Whatever power, depending on anything. You know what I mean? Your power could be literally be anything. I mean, true. I mean, we are, um, just, we are just running with the MCU theories, but, like, I just, yeah, fair enough. So, episode two's advert, like you said, Obi, is a watch, which is the Hydra symbol one. It's also called Struka. Which, uh, again, this is credit to the article, um, is the name of the man Baron. who experimented on her yeah. and Baron von Strucker. her brother. Yeah, Baron Wolfgang von Strucker. Um, I also saw, and it's not from this article, um, a theory that the two people in these adverts, the man and the woman, could be representations of Wanda's parents. Okay. Because um, obviously you've got the, the yeah, like you said, you've explained the ties to Iron Man, you've got the ties to Hydra. Um, so, I mean, that was just a theory. There, there's obviously not much more basis on it than that. Um, also, uh, so you're talking about, um, you mentioned S.H.I.E.L.D. earlier, but actually, and again, thanks to the Collider article, there's been a few symbols which I didn't pick up on. Um, but oh, there's thingy in it. It's Thor. Not S.H.I.E.L.D., it's the other, that's the one. Yeah. That's the one. So it's, the oh, they, there was it's an acronym. What? Sword. What? Sword. Yeah. So, essentially, the way I understood it is that uh, shield deals with things on the ground, and sword deals with intelligence, which are more extraterrestrial. Mm. I don't know. Um, but at the end of episode one, uh, when it pans out and reveals that someone is watching this sitcom. There's a the sword logo and the notebook and the computer screen. Yeah. Um, there's also the in episode two when you've got that brief bit of color where um, the helicopter is mm. in color and the rest is black and white. Um, that obviously has the Iron Man colors, but also has the shoe uh, the sword logo on it. Mm. Um, and um, again, according to the article. Um, the mysterious beekeeper that emerges out of maintenance hole um, has the sword logo. Um, oh, okay. And also, apparently, the AIM, AIM AIM um, in the Marvel comics, they're a group of scientists, and they generally wear costumes that look like beekeepers. So AIM is also founded by Baron von Strucker. Cool. So, um, yeah, lots of 
possible Easter eggs in there. I was going to say, quickly, before we... I don't know if we're wrapping this up, this conversation up, but um, one thing I didn't... Just a little thing. One thing I didn't like about it is that there were six minutes of um, credits in the first episode. I was thinking there was going to be some oh sort my of God. end credit scene. It was fuck all. I was pissed off. I, know. <laughs> I was going to say that. But it's bare short. Uh, that's, that's my only thing. That was just like, oh, I thought there was going to be something after this, but there wasn't. I, was like, oh. yeah. you, I got you, mugged you, off. Too many Easter eggs. Or do you think there could never be too many Easter eggs in something? No, I think... Yeah, go on, sorry. sorry. I, saying, I don't think so, because these are all really subtle. Like, I wouldn't have picked up on half of them if, yeah, you know, someone didn't go through it and write an article about it. I was oh, really? going to say, because I, I, just, I just opened up this article that you were, I'm assuming you're looking at, Glenn, and that, obviously the thing with it, I don't know if you said it, but the Mind Stone being on uh, the box that Vision goes into. Yeah, that's, yeah, I hadn't, yeah. And like that, and what's on his tie. I can't believe people look into these episodes in such detail. It's fucking mad. But it also shows the um, the detail that the production goes into, which I yeah. think is good. Mm. Um, Did you guys notice um, uh, what Monica Rambeau's character in the second episode? And she was kind of like, I think in, so in the trailer, um, she, I think she's in a car and someone says like um, something along the lines of, what are you doing here? And she's like, I don't know. And then I think in this episode, you kind of get the vibe that like she doesn't really know why she's there. She's the she's the helpful. She's like the helpful aunt, isn't she? She's she's just like it's like in a sitcom. She's always there when she's needed. And I feel yeah, like but, when oh, no, sorry, sorry. untangles, I feel like she's going to be the first person to crack. Are you talking about Catherine Hahn's character, or I'm talking about no, I'm not talking about that character. I think that woman uh, is that woman apparently is um, yeah that woman is apparently. Um, an antagonist in the comics, but uh, sorry, who are you talking about? Not just I'm not. talking about uh, Monica Rambeau's character, which is the black woman um, in the second episode, who uh, gets who's in the ward. So, like, when her and Wanda first meet, she says something along the lines of like, "I don't know how I got here" or something like that. Um, and yeah, because they're, yeah, they're sitting around, around um, the table and listening to that lady, and then um, I think Wanda goes, "Oh." I don't even know what I'm doing here. And then she's called herself Geraldine in this episode, hasn't she? Which yeah. confused me because I was like, I don't want to assume that that's Monica Rambeau. Because um, I thought maybe Geraldine was just another character. But mm-hmm. it says here that it was Mon- um, the same actress that plays Monica Rambeau. Yeah. Um, so I think she's yeah. kind of like, it seems like she might have been plucked out of regular life and plopped in this world. But it's actually physically her in it. That's yeah. what I would also say. Do, so in your talking of sword, do you think sword are actually watching, or do you think this is like something that again wonders just made up? I think they're watching. I think I think sword are watching. I think what's happening is I I wonder if she is in some sort of facility, and mm. somehow they're able to pick up on her mind signals, and it is translating into a sitcom, and they are sword are able to infiltrate her. Um, fantasies um with the beekeeper and it says that monica rambeau is a sword agent so again there might be some you know bleeding between reality and Mm. uh, quote-unquote fiction (laughs) so yeah i think that to me is the most interesting part is yeah there's a sort of vibe you know um i know you don't like the film i don't think you like the film cabin in the woods um, and also Belco experiment, where at the end it's revealed that they're like wider parts so, of you know people are watching them, and um, mm. even that film Escape Room that came out last year 
that's what um, I'm saying. Similar, yeah. similar sort of vibes. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, yeah. The um, quite short. How long do you think they're going to keep up the uh, sitcom sitcom vibes? Uh, I think uh, four episodes. Well, next episode will be seventies, then presumably eighties, nineties, noughties, and then I someone I read somewhere that Paul Bettany said the last two episodes are basically like an action film. Okay. Oh, so yeah. we'll have six or seven episodes of a sitcom then, basically, as it progresses through the decades. Yeah, I think gradually it will probably be a bit. You'll get more and more kind of bleed between the two mm. realities. That's cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward yeah. to the next to the next one, next episode. Mm-hmm. And it's good to have something to watch weekly, like a like the Avatar Mandalorian. Uh, it's good to have something to that's so short and you have so much to talk about it. Because mm. I feel like this could be this could have been such a like throwaway series just to to put in there just because. Mm. And it's got a lot of people talking and thinking. And if they really are doing the life of Wonder through um, a sitcom. It's quite an interesting take into it because I never even thought of it like that. I just thought they had these all these Stark and um, Hydra bits just just because it's it's part of her mind kind of mindset, not mm. because it's going through her like her life and her trauma. Mm. Trauma. So it's very good, um, very good writing. But um, yeah. So that's a uh, long segment on superheroes, but. It wouldn't be an episode of your average critics without it. Um, moving on to the films that you... Uh, oh, really quickly. Sorry, 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 sorry. Really quickly. Chris, do you want to quickly say, um, give me thoughts on Wonder Woman? Oh, yeah, come on. Sure, yeah. Um, I actually thought it was, a, it was an all right film. Uh, nothing too crazily good about it, but it's... Mm. Um, I think it's... it's a, I think it's a sturdy film. Like, I... Kind of missed the part where she put on the golden suit. That that threw me off a little bit. How did you miss it? Like, huh? How did you miss it? Like she was just flying through the air, learning how to fly miraculously, and then next scene she had a golden suit on, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Like she put a golden suit on in the middle of the air, and then I was like, "Oh shit!" No, earlier she showed that she had the warrior suit, didn't she, in her mm. archives and shit. So, unless I missed a bit where she did actually put it on. No, I think she she just she flies back to her flat and gets it. And gets it, it, yeah. Um, it's I think it's uh, the way they brought back. Um, is it Steve? No, Steve. Steve, yeah, Steve Trevor. I thought that was quite good. Um, Did you? I thought that was shit. <laughs> well, I just thought the way the way it worked, I thought it was quite good. I like because I think maybe because I've heard not so great reviews on it. My mm. expectations of this was pretty low, mm. and I thought overall I thought it was a decent film mm. and. Uh, she she's good as Wonder Woman again. I don't think I like the the woman who played Cheetah. I thought her character was quite annoying. Um, I like the fact that Cheetah was in, brought in, but again, it's a cheat. I don't know if that's the way Cheetah is brought into the into the DC universe. Mm. Um. Anyway, um, yeah, I liked. I, I I don't know how Cheetah normally gets her powers, so mm. I can't say whether that's comic correct or whatever um, also, also presumably um sorry about it but like well i'd say presumably um well cheetah's like one of one woman's biggest villains i think yeah so, and by the end of the film she's not cheetah anymore so <laughs> isn't she cheetah anymore i don't think so i think she is is she 
Yeah, I think I'm, I'm sure you see a shot of her at the end, and she's just not in her normal clothes. Oh, is it? Oh, well, then maybe I could be wrong. I could be wrong. maybe the driving force is her find like maybe in, as going forward she tries to find a way to become cheater again. Mm. But like again, like it, it's such an irrelevant character. Like it, it. Oh, this is the problem with the film. There's not enough fight scenes, personally. Yeah. Um, the only fight scenes she has. She should probably overpower Cheetah, in my mind, yet it took her a long time, and the only way she won was because of electricity. Yeah. Um, well, to be fair, though, she wished that she was as strong as her, didn't she? Yes, but then she then changed it. She changed her wish when he granted her another wish. And he said he doesn't want to be, she doesn't want to be like her. She wants to be like a Cheetah. Apex Predator, she said. And yeah. Apparently, apparently, cheaters aren't even Apex Predators. That's hilarious. Are they not? Oh, uh, she. That's what. I mean, she changed her wish. Um. Yeah. I mean, again, like like I said, like I don't think inter the villain wasn't the greatest. Um. And it, it again, it didn't really really make too much sense to me why he wanted to become this villain. Mm. Um, again, maybe I missed something. I don't know. I think just greed. Yeah, uh, and then at the end of it, he's all happy, go lucky, because he's got his kid who he had at the very beginning, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, zero, uh, zero consequences for the villain. Absolutely zero, well, yeah. I think, zero. to be he, honest, he you know, everything, didn't he? The uh, Kirsten Wiggs character should have known that cheaters never prosper, so... You're an idiot. Move on. Fucking <laughs> hell. I waited for that. <laughs> but like... <laughs> But like, it, like as, That's a film, as a film, I didn't think it was bad. I just didn't. It, it didn't excite me. Like there wasn't a point of me which went, "I'm going to watch this again because I really like it." There was no point of me there thinking that, yeah. and there was no point of me going, "Really want to see a third one now because I've seen the second one." Like, nah. Yeah. So from what from what Obi was sort of saying last week and what I gathered, um, it, it seems pretty inconsequential within the wider DCEU. Well, the problem you've got with this is is the fact, I guess, that DCU hasn't taken off very well. They kind of, I, I suppose, in their mindset thought, oh, we're going to have to carry this on outside of it. So, I was going like to say, any... um, I don't mind that, but I, I, this is what I was saying a couple of weeks ago, is that Patty Jenkins said that this continues, like, this continues in theme with Zack Snyder's vision of Justice League, and it doesn't. Oh, well... I feel like there should have been consequences, regardless of whether this is part of DCU. I feel like there should have been consequences to her within at least her world, mm. and there wasn't, as mm. far as we're aware, there isn't. Like, also, I didn't even say this on the. I didn't even say this when I um, when I first talked about it. But the more I, the more I think about this film, the less I like it. Not that it's a bad a bad film, like from start to finish, but just certain aspects of it I think are just dumb. So like, and this is just continuity within the the first and second film. In the first film, um, Wonder Woman says something along the lines near the beginning of how, why she hid away from humanity for a hundred years, but she didn't because in the, she was all right, alive and about in the eighties, and bare people saw her. I just, uh, anyway, <laughs> I just don't know why this film was set in the eighties. It just doesn't make it, it made it made no sense for this film to be set in the eighties. And um, at least if it was going to be set in the eighties, you could have put like a really like you know how Guardians got a sick soundtrack and I'm. I'm assuming it's mostly 80s songs. I, I could be wrong, but... So, wait, um, so, so this film is prequel to DC, uh, to the Justice League? Yeah, it's 1984. Fucking hell, I didn't think of it like that. Yeah, of course it is, of course it is. Fucking hell, so stupid of me. 
But I'm saying, so, <laughs> so like, there's, there's certain aspects of this film that just don't make sense with the character. And Chris, again, I don't know if you noticed, but obviously, Wonder Woman, she, A, she can fly in this film. She can't fly in Batman v Superman. Um, and B, she can make stuff invisible. She can't do that in Batman v Superman either. At that part, that didn't really make sense to me. I knew she had an invisible jet. That's always been a thing. Yeah. But I never knew she could make things invisible. But that's me not knowing lot, a lot about her. So maybe... Mm. <coughs> I don't know. Also, it's um, a bit weird that she shagged this bloke. Who's what, Steve. That's what, that's what I did. And, like, thing is, Chrissy, like, <laughs> why couldn't they just make Steve... Why couldn't Steve just be a person? Why did they have to put his face in someone else's face? Why couldn't he yeah. just... Uh, why couldn't he just appear... As Steve. You know what? The more I talk about this, the more I'm going to dislike it as well. I feel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah. Cameo of the old Wonder Woman at the end was really that's unnecessary cool. as well. Well, I thought, I thought that's just like a little thing for the fans, isn't it? I think that's that's cool. That's fine. Mm. That's fine. Yeah, let's but, talk about this. Uh, yeah. You say what you got to say, and um, I'm done. No, I'm done as well. Oh, mate, this film. No, okay. I want to talk about it now. <laughs> okay. Well, we're moving on from superheroes. Um, and 